Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Donna Deckard, and this is the House of Ephraim, Cradle of Hope, Blog Talk Radio on Teachers Tuesday. Yes, it's Teachers Tuesday. We have an exciting show for you today, but first, a word from our And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard. And as I said, we have an exciting program today for you. But I have a few announcements. First of all, Rosh Hashanah. Yes, Rosh Hashanah is coming up this weekend. It is on the 16th and the 17th. And on Friday night, the 15th, Prophet Mark will be having a Rosh Hashanah service at 7.30 Central Daylight Time, 8.30 Eastern Time. And so that is exciting, and that that starts the fall feast. Yes, the t- next 15 days after that are exciting. They are exciting days because Rosh Hashanah is the new year. Yes, it is. It's the new calendar year for the Jewish calendar. It's the birthday of the earth, and I'll tell you what, we have, it starts the 10th days, the 10 holy days, okay? The 10 holy days of self-examination. And then we have Yom Kippur. Yes, Yom Kippur is the 25th. The service will be that Sunday evening at uh, the 24th, and uh, it will be at 7 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Then five days later is Sukkot. <laughs> yes, Sukkot. And Sukkot is September 30th through this through October the 6th, and we will be having a service on Friday night, September the 29th. That will be our Sukkot service. It's available at 7 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Now, all of these services are available on our YouTube channel, Jewish Prophet, 
and uh, they will they will be live on that channel and uh, available for you to watch and I'm excited about that I certainly am well Rosh Hashanah Rosh Hashanah how I'm telling you Rosh Hashanah is awesome we have been we have been talking about the month of Elul here how it's so important to be self-evaluating and Rosh Hashanah is 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 the deadline okay it's the deadline for that so Rosh Hashanah is a two-day celebration it, it's um, new moon yes it's new moon and it marks the beginning uh, of of the new year as I said uh, it is a Sabbath. There's no work. We're to come before him and afflict our souls, and we will have a holy convocation, as I mentioned, and that, that is the service Prophet Mark will have on, on, uh, on the YouTube channel that Friday night before. Actually, this Friday night is the time of repentance, the time of blowing the shofar horn. Uh, it's a Sabbath. It's a new moon. And it is one of the fall festivals. We light the new moon candle on the first night at sundown. And uh, then we light it again on the second night at sundown. We light the Sabbath candles. Our kala is round. So we have two round loaves of bread. Isn't it interesting? For Shavuot, we have those great, big, huge ones that's, that's, that's so long. I can, barely, I can barely hold them up with my arms. But for for Rosh Hashanah, there are two round loaves because Rosh Hashanah is the only festival that falls on New Moon. We have we we don't salt the the Sabbath bread as we take it. We dip it in honey, and we have apples, and we dip them in honey. We take a kaddish or wine for both both occasions, which uh, we would be doing. We it's customary to wear white. It's customary to give to charity, and it's a time to honor our Father, to visit the graves uh, sometime during that 10 days, that, that week. Uh, it also is just a custom, not mandatory. The, the wives, uh, the fellows get their wives a dress or a piece of jewelry during this time. And as I said, it's the only festival on New Moon, the coronation day of the King of Kings, it's the day of judgment, the day of the Lord's return. October the 4th, I'm sorry, <laughs> my notes here, I wrote these notes back in 2005, and that would have been when Rosh Hashanah was going to be. Uh, we, this uh, Rosh Hashanah is the 16th and the 17th of September. We're entering the high holy days. It's a day of, of a time of repentance. We've been, we've been studying this, talking about it, all through the month of Elu this month. Um, it's a time of recalling to ourselves the things that we let slip in our walk with the Lord. Sometimes we forget to do things that we know to do. You know what I mean? You've got to get yourself into into. To, to that mindset because sometimes sometimes we get ourselves into things that are sinful and God wants to remind us 
to examine our life and see where we have departed from the scriptures. God is in the business of warning of his judgment. This is a time to ask yourself, what have I forgotten to do? What have I forgotten to do? There's so many things, and, and, and we have all these teachings available. There's fruit of the spirit. There's binding and loosing. There's wearing the army. There's forgiveness. There's giving. There's tithes. There's Shabbat. There's the festivals. There's so many things. What have you forgotten to do? This is a time to be asking yourself. We all make choices. We all make choices. And what choices have you made? Have you made some bad choices this past year? This is a time of looking at it. This is not a time for others to judge you in your choices, but that you judge yourself within those choices. Do they line up with God's word? Rosh Hashanah, the new year in Hebrew, is a deeply spiritual holiday. The new year commemorates the creation of the world. Adam and Eve were created on Rosh Hashanah, and each year the world's existence is extended for another year. Created anew, as if it were. Mankind is also included in this new creation every year. A new year is obviously a time for judgment, which is why Rosh Hashanah is called Judgment Day. Every creation that you and I have made, whether it's, whether it's art, business, cooking, it's judged by us. At some point, we step back and evaluate our creation. Does it live up to our expectations? Are we pleased with it? What is its fault? On this anniversary of our creation, God does the same with us. We are evaluated, hence the day of judgment. This day is deeply spiritual because on judgment day, not unlike what happens when you go to a court sentencing, we are forced to reflect on ourselves. Do we live up to God's expectations of us? Is God pleased with me? What are my faults? Because of the intense mood, the moment of this day presents the most powerful spiritual opportunity available. The opportunity to reflect on how we can evaluate ourselves to a higher plane. What does God want from me? What does God want from you? He wants me to be on his team. How am I judged? How I live my year pursuing? Have I lived a pursuing self-gratification or have I grown closer to God through thought and deed? This is the time to ask you, yourself, these questions. Am I making this world a better place to live in? This is the judgment on Rosh Hashanah. These are the questions. And with this understanding, the opportunity for spiritual growth is unparalleled. Dig in and enjoy the potential of Rosh Hashanah. Spiritual world, prime time. Let's turn to Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Thank you, Father. Ezekiel chapter 18. We're going to start in verse 21. Go through 23. But if the wicked will turn from his sins that he has committed 
and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. We are to turn from our wicked ways. We are to turn from our sins and we are to keep God's statutes and his laws. All of his transgressions that he has committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. In his righteousness that he has done, he shall live. We, as we are walking in God's righteousness, we have his protection. There's a lot of things going on in this world right now. You, you, you pick up any, any piece, any, any piece of, of ability to see the news, and there's something going on. The earthquake killed thousands. Flood killed thousands. Fugitive broke from, broke from, from prison. Manhunt going on. Hurricanes out in the ocean. Heat waves. There is all kinds of things going on. And there are people who are dying every day. But God says, if you will turn from your sin, if you will keep my statutes, you will live, you will not die. You will live, you will not die. Because your transgressions that you committed, they won't even be mentioned. Because God looks at you as righteous. If you have asked forgiveness for your sins, you are considered righteous until you sin again. That's why we teach you You ask God to forgive you every day, every day, your known and your unknown sins, every day, every day. Verse 23, God says, have I pleasure in all that the wicked should die? Do you think God takes pleasure that the wicked should die? And not that he should return from his ways and live? God made a way for us to be righteous and to be blessed and to have that protection. God made a way for that. He doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. Neither should you or I. Turn from our sins. Keep the word of the law. You cannot quit sin without turning from it. You have to repent. 27, Psalm chapter 27, 1 through 14. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. And whom shall I be afraid? Those are questions. If you are trusting God, if you are in right standing with the Father. You have nothing to be afraid of. You have nothing to be afraid of. When the wicked, even my enemies, my foes came 
upon me to eat my flesh. They stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise up against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He will set me upon a rock. Let me tell you something. If you are keeping, if you've turned from your sin and you are keeping the commandments, and keeping God's laws and statutes, You'll be in the right place at the right time. God will see to it. He will see to it. Verse 6, now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy upon me and answer me. See, God, God hears your cry. He doesn't fall just out into the abyss. When thou said, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Do you seek God? Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. When my father and Lord mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in a plain, excuse me, plain path because of my enemies. <clears throat> Deliver me not over to the will of my enemies, for false witnesses have risen up against me, and such as breathed out cruelty. I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. God is your ever help in time of need. He is. He is. But he demands He demands that we turn from our sin and seek him. A sealing and a bonding happens during this time for the coming year. During Rosh Hashanah, the books are open. The judgment is begun. Ten days, the ten days of the high holy days, are times of seeking God. And then on Yom Kippur, the book, the book of prosperity and blessing for the coming year is sealed. Will you be in that book this year? Will you be in that book? It's your choice. It's your choice. All you have to do is turn from your sin. And seek God. 
Rosh means head, Shana means year. So Rosh Hashanah, is, it marks the Jewish New Year. It's the birthday, as I said, of the world. It's the day it was created. It's the longest two days of the year. Psalms 98, the day of the blowing of the trumpets. Psalms 98, verse 6, with trumpets and the sound of corns, make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. Psalms 89, 15. Psalms 89, 15, blessed is the people that know that joyful sound, who shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Do you know the sound of the shofar on Rosh Hashanah? It's a time when those blasts are to wake you up spiritually and remind you to turn and repent unto the Lord for your sin and to begin to keep, to keep. Isaiah 42, verse 10 through 12. Rosh Hashanah is a time of of sounding the alarm, the warning of the judgment to come from God. Sing unto the Lord a new song, his praise from the ends of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof, let the wilderness and the cities thereof lift up their voice. The villages of Kedar does inhabit. Let the inhabitants of the rock sing. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory unto the Lord and declare his praises in the island. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, it refers to Rosh Hashanah. Because it talks about awakening, awakening yourself. Ephesians 5.14, wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. You see, when we get into sin, we begin to, we begin to die spiritually. We're sleeping and we're, we're dying spiritually. Let's go back in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Let's back up into verse 22. Ephesians 4. If you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put, off, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. See, when you turn from those sins and you keep putting on the new man, wherefore, Put away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor. For you were members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. You know, God says, hey, I, I know you have the emotion of anger, but don't sin. 
Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And I've I've taught if you've listened to me for any time, I I taught my children. God said it's time for you to quit being angry. When the sun goes down, it's time to put away your wrath. Let him that steals steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Rosh Hashanah is a time of looking inward. A time of looking inward so that God, remember uh, in Revelation it talks about that if you haven't overcome, you're in danger of your name being blotted out of the Lamb's book of life. Sobering, isn't it? So God set a time. He set a time for you to, to, to forgive and stop your anger when the sun goes down. And he set a time once a year for you to evaluate. Am I serving God? Am I in re- right relationship with God and with my fellow man? Let's turn to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You and I want to be part of that. Whether we're dead or whether we lied, we want to be part of that. But being part of that is going to require that we turn from our sins And we keep God's laws and statutes. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 and 46. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not, was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards that which was spiritual. So what that's saying is Adam 
Adam was natural. Yeshua was spiritual. Both of them were here in the flesh. Both had a spirit. But Yeshua, Yeshua changed and gave us the ability to be forgiven of our sins without having to kill a lamb. He became that spiritual lamb. In the end times, there will be a spiritual sound. Many of you have heard that trumpet calling Ephraim to come home. Many of you have heard that. And it was given in us to know we will hear the sound of that shofar's horn in the spirit. And we will rise to be with our Lord and Savior. We are to learn. Learn to listen to that sound. Learn to listen to it. And during Rosh Hashanah, you will hear the sound of the shofar horn being blown. You will hear that sound. Thank you, Father. That shofar horn will be blown a hundred times. Groups of 30, 30, and 40. The theme of Rosh Hashanah is it's a day of repentance. That's the main theme. It's the day Israel will be gathered. It's the coronation of the king of kings. The resurrection day, the day of judgment, a day to remember our fathers, a day to blow the shofar, a day the world was created. Common readings may you be inscribed and sealed for the new year. Is it custom to give charity to honor your fathers? that have gone before you. Turn with me to Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 29 through 31. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and with glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of the trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Rosh Hashanah is the only feast to fall on new moon. The moon does not give its light. The sun is darkened by an eclipse. Rosh Hashanah occurs on the first and second days of Tishri. In Hebrew, Rosh Hashanah means literally head of the year, the first of the year. It's commonly known as the Jewish New Year. The name Rosh Hashanah is not in the Bible to discuss this holiday. The Bible refers to this holiday as Yon Hashkamah, the day of repentance, 
or Yon Tari, the day of sounding of the shofar. The holiday is instituted in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 23 through 44. And the Lord spake to Moses, speaking to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. The first day of the month, that's, that's this, this weekend. You shall do no several work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, On the tenth day, and remember I said that Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the high holy days. Ten days later is Yom Kippur. That's what this verse is talking about. The tenth day of this seventh month shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation unto you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. So that is Yom Kippur. You will do no work on that day, for it is a day of atonement to make an atonement for you before the Lord. For whatsoever soul it is that would be not afflicted on that same day, he shall be cut off from among his people. And whatsoever soul it is that doeth any work on the same day, that soul will I destroy from among his people. Do you see where we've been sold a bag of rocks? There's a lot of people in danger of falling into the judgment and losing their lives. Because they don't keep Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Verse 31. You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. It shall be to you a Sabbath of rest and you shall afflict your souls. On the ninth day of the month at evening, from evening unto evening, shall you celebrate your Sabbath. Verse 33. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be a feast of tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. And what do they say? Five days after Yom Kippur, or fifteen days after Rosh Hashanah, is the feast of tabernacles, Sukkot. And we, we, stay, in, we stay in our, our temporary dwelling. For seven days. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. Seven days you offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day shall be a holy convocation unto you. You shall make an offering offered by fire unto the Lord. As a solemn assembly, you'll do no work therein. These are the feasts of the Lord, which shall proclaim to be holy convocations. To offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering, a meat offering, a sacrifice, a drink offering, everything upon his day. Now you may say, well, why do we not make a burnt offering? Well, because the temple is no longer there. But we still keep these festivals. Beside the Sabbath of the Lord and beside your gifts, beside all your vows, beside all your free will offerings, which you give unto the Lord, also on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you are gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep a feast in the Lord seven days. And again, this is talking 
Sukkot. On the first will be a Sabbath, and on the eighth shall be a Sabbath. And you shall take you on the first the boughs of goodly trees, branches and palm leaves, and the boughs of thick trees and willows of brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. And you'll keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It will be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israel born shall dwell in booths. That your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths. Now, God's telling us why we're doing this. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am the Lord your God. They, this is to remember. Remember Passover is to remember all the plagues that happened in Egypt. Now the Feast of Tabernacles is to remember that they all dwelled in booths. They left their, they left their brick and mortar homes, how clay, whatever their homes were made of. And they dwell in tents after they left Egypt. And Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. These are not man-made holidays. These are God-made holy days. These are feasts that God made, that he set, that he set. And yet, throughout the generations, I wasn't raised keeping these holidays. And most of you weren't either. But they were God said. And God said, it's important. And I'm telling you, it's, it's really important in this day and age. Because I said, as I said at the beginning, we see all the judgment that's happening out there in this world. The floods, the earthquakes, the fires, the heat waves, the hurricanes, the volcanoes. All God uses weather to pronounce judgment. And God is crying out to this wicked world. He's saying, keep, keep my statutes. And it's right there in his word. And yet even those of us who say that we are Christians, Christ-like, even we have argued down through the centuries about whether we should keep these festivals. To the point that as, as a young child growing up, I didn't know anything about Rosh Hashanah. I didn't know anything about the Feast of Tabernacles. Never heard of Yom Kippur. Never heard of the book of prosperity for the coming year. I'd heard of the book of life. I was well taught in, in let's get saved and get your name written in the book of life. I even went to to Baptist church for a while that taught once saved, always saved. But when you look at that scripture in Revelation, that if you don't overcome, your name could be blotted out. That kind of destroys that teaching. 
But you see, I didn't know that scripture. And many of you don't either. To overcome the sin in our lives. God expects us to overcome the temptations that come into our lives. Not only does God expect it, he demands it. He demands that we walk in obedience to his word and that we become overcomers. He demands it. And this time, this time, this Jewish New Year, this time of of evaluating, of looking at ourselves spiritually, of judging ourselves, what have we failed to overcome? What have you failed to overcome? What have I failed to overcome? Bible teaches in in Romans. We all, we all have fallen short. We've all fallen short. But I tell you what, God says if you'll turn from that sin, and He'll show you. I'm telling you, as I was preparing today to minister this this uh, this piece of ministry. I, I, I began to evaluate the things in my life this past year that God has dealt with me about. And these weren't sins where, where I was, was, was physically out doing something that, that if somebody saw me doing it, they would say, oh, Sister Donna was sinning. I saw her commit that sin. No, these were things that God was dealing with me about, about thoughts that I have towards myself. My attitude of myself. You see, sometimes, sometimes, we are harder on ourselves than we are other people. And sometimes our thoughts about ourselves are destructive. Sometimes our thoughts about ourselves are sinful. And I began, as I was thinking about and preparing, I began to think about the things that God has dealt with this past year. The things that I have overcome in my attitude towards me. Because you see, I am God's creation. God created me the way I am. And God created you the way you are. And if you will look around, there's a lot of varieties of how God created people. We have different colored skin. We have different color hair. We have different sized feet. We have different sized fingers. Some of us have long necks, short necks. 
some are high-waisted, low-waisted. We are all created differently. And in this world, we get an idea of what we think what we think is the way to look and the way to be. But God says, he looked upon what he created and said, it is good. Do you realize that when God created the skunk, he said, it's good. Now, if any of you had to deal with a skunk, personally, trying to get rid of that smell, now I have, I have not personally had to deal with it, except for smelling it when it's been out in the yard and, and, and you just don't want to go out there for a whole day till that dissipates. I don't see what he thought was good about the smell of that skunk. He said it was good. It was good. God says, what I created is good. Now, I understand we can, we can, can mess up what God created. We can, we can destroy things. But God wants us to understand. He puts you. He puts you in the place that you are right now. Some of you may say, well, now, Sister Donna, you know, I had this, this, and this, and, and, and I'm telling you, there are some, some horrifying stories and tales of things that have happened to people. Horrifying. But yet, God's word says nothing happens by accident. So because you had the horrifying things happen in your life that make you bitter and angry and and ugly, are you saying that, that that nullifies God's word that says nothing happens by accident? You see where you see how deep God goes into cleaning us up. God goes deep. He goes deep. You see, I always thought of me, myself, as a nobody, just a little farm girl, lived out in the boonies, not important to anybody or anyone. Timid, please don't look at me. Couldn't get up and talk in front of people. Just a nobody. But God had to pull me up out of that Mari thinking. And he began to say, no, you are somebody. Because you are who I created. And I created you for a purpose and a reason. And you are here with a job to do. And you have the equipment 
and the ability to do it. If you will turn from that stinking thinking and keep my statutes. And God will peel it off layer by layer. He'll peel it off. He, he starts out with the big things. You know, I, he started out years ago teaching me that I had to be submissive to my husband. He actually started out that I had to learn to pray and study. That's where he started. I had to learn to pray and to study and to serve God. Oh, I went to church. Oh, I said I loved him. But I didn't have a relationship with him. I didn't pray every day. I didn't study my Bible every day. Oh, I was too busy. Didn't have time. And you have to set a time. But then he said, he began to show me that I needed to be filled with his Holy Ghost. And then he began to show me that I needed to be submissive. I'm in my 20s at that time. I didn't know how to be submissive to my husband. And God began to show me. Began to teach me. And about the time I thought I had that all under control, it took about 10 years. God began to deal with me about malice. You would have asked me, do you hold a grudge? I'd said, no. Are you unforgiving? Absolutely not. I forgive everybody. But God said, I want the malice out of your heart. God started with those things. Those things, I didn't know that that was in my heart, but God did. God saw it and he said, oh, it's time to get it out. It took about a year or better for me to, to work. You know, deliverance comes in a lot of packages. And, and, you know, it would have been awesome if I could have just went up in line, Prophet Deckard laid hands on me and the malice would have been gone. But nope, that's not how God chose to do it. But you see, just because you walk through those things, and those are things that I'm talking about happened 40 years ago. God doesn't start, stop dealing with it. He expects us to hang on to that, but he expects us to start doing more. Down through the years, I learned to keep Sabbath. I learned to keep the festivals. I learned to pray with the police. You see, that, that's all choices that we make. Do we believe it or do we not? Oh, it's in his word. I guess you better believe it if it's in his word. I remember, you know, you sing the song, it was good enough for, good enough for the apostles, it was good enough for me. And yet the apostles kept Sabbath. They kept Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot. But I wasn't taught to do it. And now, that doesn't mean, see, we're not perfect. God keeps peeling away that onion, layer at a time. What has God peeled away from you this year? What has God shown you 
that you need to trust him, that you need to change, that you need to turn from. If you don't know, you need to ask him, God, show me. God, show me. You see, God, God wants to use you. And just like we teach when we teach purpose of temptation, God cannot use you to the full extent that he wants to use you in the state you are today. God could not use me to the full extent that he wants to in the future if I hadn't went through this year and, and dealt with the things that he dealt with me about and changed my way of thinking about me. It's important. This is, this is a holy time, but it's an exciting time because it's a time of moving on with God. God is opening the books to bless you for the coming year. And it's your choice. It's your choice. Are you going to take this time and evaluate you? Are you going to take this time and ask God, show me what's holding me back? See, this year should be, this coming year should be better than last year. All the way around for you. What's holding you back? What attitudes does God want changed? Rosh Hashanah, wishing you a sweet new year. Let's pray. Tisha Bakarabe Kishi Kabaha. Tisha Kahashe Kabahasha Kaha. Kurashe, kurashe, kurashe. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I thank you and I praise you, Father. You set a time. You set a time, Father. A time that we are to forgive. A time that we are, are to quit being hangry. A time that we are to evaluate ourselves, to look deep inside and say, God, show me. Yeah, go to Bohushika. Hi. Show me. Yeah, ha. Father, I lift up to you those who are listening today. Kurate, 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 kurate. Pray. I pray for them, Father. They will be honest with themselves, will be honest with you, Father. But they will self-evaluate their walk with you, Father. They will turn and keep. Father, right now, I thank you and praise you. Now, I want to pray for those of you who need healing. I want you to put your hand wherever it is that you need healing. Kashe, 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 kashe. Kurashe, kahaha. Kurashe, kahaha. Some of you, you're, you're having some issues with your back. 
God wants to heal that today. Put your hand wherever it is. Your neck, your shoulder, your lower back. God wants to heal that today. And somebody else, you're having you're having an issue with your foot. In the name of Yeshua. I speak to the lying symptoms in these bodies. And I command you, Satan, you take those lying symptoms and you leave. Father, send forth your holy angels. Cause the healing manifest in the name of Yeshua. Kishaka! Ishaka! Ishaka! Father, they're healed from the top of their head to the tip of their toes. I speak that healing. Kuribilabaka! Kuribilabaka! Yeshua's precious name. I want you to do something you couldn't do before. And I want you to praise the Father and thank him that he made a way for you. In Yeshua's precious name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank each of you for tuning in. And I want to remind you that with God, all things are possible. Shalom. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.